And first of all, in your money today, Karen Wright is going to take a look at some of the key trends and themes in the ESG space. Good morning, Karen. Oh, good morning, James. It's nice to be here. And I'm joined today by Karine Hearn, who is Chief Sustainability Officer at East Capital Group. Morning, Karine. Good morning. Good morning. So let's kick off with a look at what you're looking at as the key trends and themes around ESG at the moment. Well, I guess at the moment would be maybe a wrong introduction because uh, this is going to be a a number of things that are here to last. The first one, obviously, is about climate change. It remains uh, a key priority, I think, for uh, investors, uh, anybody with any kind of responsible investment agenda. And um, we, we just heard this week the, the news that from the World Meteorological Organization that said that the planet is now more likely than not to breach this 1.5 degrees uh, of warming by 2027. So uh, climate is a, is a key thing. Um, we also have uh, since uh, last year, I think uh, definitely a surge of interest for issues related to nature. Um, last December, there was a very important agreement uh, signed uh, called the COP15 Kunming Montreal, and it's related to biodiversity and nature. So also something that uh, investors uh, uh, focus on. Um, and then I would say the, the, the third thing, which uh, is also here to stay with us for a long time. It's anything related to disclosure, uh, i.e. in what way companies are actually informing the markets, informing investors about their practices and about their like number of indicators related to, to issues uh, uh, which have to do with environmental and, and, and social aspects uh, of their operation. Now, are you seeing any specific differences in attitudes towards those things between um, Asia and Europe, for example? Yes, we do. So, I mean, first of all, uh, there's, there are huge disparities in Asia, within Asia, whereas in Europe, uh, at least within the European Union, it's much more of a level playing field uh, because of the EU regulatory framework, which is very ambitious. And uh, we might touch upon it uh, a bit later in the conversation. Um, in terms of themes, um, I would say that there is probably a little bit more focus on social issues in Europe, uh, for instance, related to human rights, labor rights. Uh, and, and why is that? Well, it's also because of the regulatory framework. There are a lot of new initiatives in this field as well in terms of collaborative engagement. And the, the EU is very ambitious in terms of looking into not only what a company is doing in its own operation, but also looking in, across its uh, supply chain. And that's where it comes. Uh, of course, there are a lot of questions related to social topics uh, such as human and, and labor rights. Um, I would say that in Asia, we maybe hear a bit more about climate risk in terms of already physical climate change risks. So uh, obviously we have um, a number of like weather patterns which are not uh, uh, normal, which have can have uh, uh, tragic uh, implications and consequences. But you also have issues such as, you know, when it gets really, really hot and the rivers dry, then it becomes much more difficult, uh, for instance, to use, uh, use hydropower. Uh, we have had uh, last summer and we probably get this summer get issues with power cuts and or power crunch in uh, in um, in China related to this uh, extreme heat consequences for the people and everything so Asia in terms of climate change I think there, there, there's already a number of topics related to to these physical climate risk issues so would you say climate change are the, the is the main priority when you're speaking with investors in the region here or are there other aspects that they're looking at too 
No, of course. I mean, they, they, as I said, you know, in, in this space of, of uh, environmental social governance uh, investment and responsible investment, we try as much as we can to focus on what we call materiality, meaning not every company has the same material risks. Uh, but climate change is increasingly a material topic for, for across sectors and across uh, companies. But I think one of the main priorities for investors eventually is to go from the topic about, yeah, we need to have more more information, we need to have more data points and so forth to actually have an actual impact because, you know, transparency does not mean that the companies being transparent will necessarily take the actions that are required, for instance, to mitigate climate breakdown. So uh, what what we should be, you know, we should stop arguing about all these topics related to greenwashing and how to label funds and instead actually try to have an impact. You can have an impact by allocating money. You can also have an impact by engaging with uh, companies. Uh, that's what's something that we do a lot at his capital is really this focus on, on, on having direct contact uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, the management of the companies we invest into, trying to make them change, trying to make them improve uh, on their practices. Is there anything specific that you're seeing here in Hong Kong taking things a little bit more locally with the market? So, you know, Hong Kong has an amazing opportunity here. Uh, it's very well positioned because, first of all, it's an international financial center with, of course, many asset managers, banks, family offices, asset owners, and a very large pool of mark, I mean, of capital and, and very big stock market as well. So and the fact that you have all these international asset managers here, which have their own uh, priorities driven maybe by from Europe, uh, we'd of course have a, an impact. So, you know, what, what, when I was saying that the EU is very ambitious, mm -hmm. You know, what happens in the EU does not stay in the EU because due to the global nature of organizations and supply chains, it will have an impact. It's got far reaching effects across region, including, including Hong Kong. Um, another aspect uh, related to Hong Kong is that obviously, you know, all, all these things I'm discussing, uh, such as climate change, such as, you know, environmental issues, waste, water, but also social factors. These are all aligned with China's strategic priorities. So, so that's of course it's it's very positive because Hong Kong here is in the in, in the in the middle. Uh, we also have um, uh, what is interesting to see is that it's not only about equities, but it's also across all kind of asset classes, such as you know private equity, venture cap, private debt, and so forth. So uh, clearly, Hong Kong has, has has its role to to play here, and we are uh, quite hopeful that it will be able to play this role. Now, it sounds from what you're saying that there's there's a lot of demand out there. So it, how healthy is the outlook? Uh, you know, is everyone getting on board here? Well, not everyone, obviously, but increasingly. So uh, I think the, the, the outlook for sustainable finance in, in Asia is very healthy. First of all, it's, you know, we won't have the time now to dwell into that. But in the US, we have a, a bit of a different issue here. In the US, it's very, it has become very politicized, uh, where you basically have Republican states, for instance, proposing measures that prohibit state funds from investing on the basis of ESG factors and even prohibited, you know, municipalities from issuing sustainable bonds. They developed blacklist of 
investors that are accused of boycotting fossil fuel and everything. We do not have that here in Asia. We have instead actually um, China being very, very supportive of, of these uh, developments and putting a lot of money. We've had, um, you know, we've heard a lot about this Inflation Reduction Act in the US, which was called uh, one of the largest climate bill uh, for, for the country. But basically China on a yearly basis is spending the equivalent amount into anything related to clean energy and, and other kind of, of uh, low carbon uh, industries. So, and another thing as well is it's still very small here. So if you look at numbers such as the assets under management of so-called, and I'm saying so-called because there is specific definition, uh, sustainable funds, that in Europe, we've got 2.3 trillion uh, euros of IUM, whereas in the US, it's only 300 billion. And come to Asia, it's only 90, 90 billion. So there's plenty of room for growth, I think. And I would, I would love to talk to you again because there's so much to talk about here. But thank you so much for joining me today. That was Corinne Hearn, Chief Sustainability Officer at East Capital Group.